Travelling through the lush countryside of Belize in a tourist-crammed coach, I was intrigued by how many little churches were dotted along the road, none of them as spectacular as our enormous brick building, but instead made of timber with rusted tin roofs and hand-painted signs all proclaiming the glory of God. Belize is a country that gained its independence from the British Empire in 1981 and, as our tour guide told us, was still a new country looking to the future. English-speaking, hot and lush, with huge amounts of untapped resources, there was a palpable sense of potential for this country that felt so familiar due to its colonial past and yet so different due to the sense of optimism. I don't know about you, but I have become acutely aware that there is a general sentiment in the UK that our best years are behind us. We have grown cynical, my brothers, my sisters and friends. The threat of war is once more biting at our ankles, and we've lost trust in those who lead and shape the UK to the point of apathy. But I'm here to tell you that our best years are not behind us, because we have every reason to hope in something better, something bounteous, something that God has designed for us. And at this time, as we travel through the journey of Lent that leads us to the cross and beyond, we only need to allow that transformation to take place, not only in our hearts and bodies, but in our communities and this glorious country. When Jesus speaks today in the gospel, he is speaking directly into your heart. He is challenging you to put aside disbelief and cynicism in favour of a deep trust in the unknown and the mystical. It is not easy to let go of certainty, of fact, in favour of hope and faith. And yet, if we do not learn to let go of these things that tie us down and hold us captive, then we are in danger of embitterment. Watching the fantastic film The Holdovers in a state of jet lag a couple of days ago, the wonderful main character, a cantankerous teacher, said to his pupil, I have always found life bitter and complicated. Well, we can choose to live in that space, continuing to court all the things that make life complicated and challenging, the pursuit of money, trying to keep up with the neighbours, living in fear and worry of what other people think, or we can simply let go. We can focus and realign our intentions on the stuff of goodness, the stuff of greatness, the stuff of Jesus calling us into relationship with a creator God who is more interesting and more exciting, more awesome than any earthly treasure can ever provide. The people of Belize in their wooden and tin churches enjoy the wonder of worship, the joy of music, the nourishment of good, healthy food, friendship and family. They seem to understand that to live happy is to set your mind on the divine, that to be strong in heart we must take up our crosses and that the conservation of the natural world is paramount in the development of their country and the nourishment 
of their people. In our Lent study group, we spent a period of time discussing what nourishment really means. The book we are reading talks about how scripture can nourish us, help us to grow, help us to find contentment and peace in our lives. And yes, so much of scripture has been weaponized and used to hold people captive in the past. But as Reverend Jan said, the past is a different country. And as a church, we are now looking to the future, not only for our building and our worshipping community, but also the wider community and how we can model to them what good, nourishing relationships look and feel like. We have the perfect canvas here in the suburb to paint a picture that everyone can enjoy. And yet sometimes to create an image that is beautiful to all, there must be the contrast between light and dark. Sometimes we have to make difficult decisions, decisions that may upset a few in order to properly serve the many. And yet, in God's great gift, we are reassured that our sins are already faded in the infinite horizon of his goodness and the shadow of the cross. At the end of my coach journey, I was lucky enough to see the ancient Mayan ruin of Suan Tunic, which was founded 2,000 years ago to serve as a Mayan ceremonial centre, which served about 2,000 people at its height. The site is said to be haunted by someone referred to as the Stone Woman and remained hidden in the jungle until its rediscovery in the 17th century. It's an extraordinary place, and reminded me that what is lost can always be found again. A God with no beginning and no end is not bound to time in the same way as we are. Two thousand years is but the blink of an eye. And if we are to connect and deepen our relationship with God and creation, then we must learn to think in those terms, or at least try. My friends, I can't tell you how happy I am to be home with you again, for this is my home, you are my home. And as we travel together once more in the pursuit of God's mission in this place, let us take time to explore and to discover what God has in mind for us in his house and his home. Let us turn our minds towards the divine and his altar. Amen. <laughs>